another day. All right, let's ride. Welcome to the No Playing This Rob podcast. I can't sing for shit, but it is Father's Day, so I'm doing whatever the hell I want to do on my podcast. So, shout out to all the fathers, pappies, grandpappies, daddies, stepfathers, father figures, uncles who act like people's daddies, coaches, and all that. And even shout out to the no good deadbeat fathers or whatever title you want to give them. I know I shouldn't have just said that part, but listen. Let's reach out to these individuals, rehabilitate them if need be, and welcome them back into the fold of our society so that they can resume their fatherly duties in some sort of capacity. Because if you keep bashing these people, if you keep writing them off, they'll never fix themselves. They need to be rehabilitated, especially in our community, the black community. Bring them back into the lives of these children once they are ready, whether they be grown or they be adults, and let's mend these fences and rebuild our community. But it starts with intact families, so you don't have to be living in the household for the family to be intact, just be involved in the child's life at some point. So if you know somebody, you got a homeboy that's a deadbeat father, rough that motherfucker up and tell him to get involved in this child's life. If he's complaining and, and Talking about it's the woman's fault. No, you a sucker. It's your fault. Get back in there and fix that relationship and have a relationship with your child. Whether they're grown or whether they're an adult. You got to bring these people back into the fold. Get them out of the fringes of society and rebuild our community from the ground up. But to all the fathers that are currently involved and like I said, father figures as well. I take this time out of my little podcast to say thank you for continuing to be a part of your children's lives and Hopefully you guys help shape new fathers, fathers to be and all that, and to being great men as we progress throughout this life that we have. And once again, a big shout out to all the mothers out there who are raising these boys to be good fathers while they don't have a father in their life. You shouldn't have that burden on you, but unfortunately, it's been normalized in our society. Hopefully we get away from that, but shout out to all the mamas out there. This is not your day, but I... Really, and I think all real men really appreciate your contribution to the lives of us, or those rather, who have grown up with our fathers and making them be better people and be an individual who wants to be involved in this child's life. So now that I'm done rambling about that, I'm going to tell y'all right now, with the shit that's happened this past week, this is going to be sports heavy. So if you're not here for the sports heavy, basketball heavy podcast, you might want to roll. I'm going to get a few things out the way first, but I'm ending this thing up with basketball. If you ain't ready for that, you might as well go ahead and roll now. This is number 84. Shout out to Randy Moss, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Surefire Hall of Famer. Damn shame he never uh, got a ring. If he ain't in the Hall of Fame already, I could be. I'm thinking he is. My bad. But anyway, should be a champion. He's not. But shout out to Randy Moss. 
This is 84. I would be wrong if I didn't say his name at least three times in this podcast. Randy Moss. There you go. One more. So, to get things out the way, to anybody out there that plans on running for any political office, major political office, for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who know people that don't know, not really a good idea to say you listen to a foreign government about any dirt they'd have on anybody you're running against for whatever political office you may be running for. I'm not going to say no names. I'm not going to say no names. Don't say you would listen. Don't say none of that. Not a good idea. Somebody said that, they shouldn't have said that, and then backtracked and said that, of course, they reported to the FBI. We know that's a lie. Anyway, don't do that if you plan on running for any political office. Also, in the White House today, or not today, but this week, the White House spokesperson or the media manager, whatever her name is, Sarah Shuckabee Sanders is leaving the White House to, I guess, to pursue other things. Maybe she's tired. She's going back to Arkansas to do whatever the hell it is she's supposed to be doing. Bye. I don't like you. I think she was good at her job in a way that it benefited the president. I think she took a lot of heat on his behalf, and I guess you would want a pit bull out there defending you if you're not going to be out there yourself. So if you look at it from that angle, she did a pretty good job. Also, one uh, federal agency wrote to the president saying that he might want to consider firing Kellyanne Conway. She violated the Hatch Act. Apparently, you can't use uh, your federal, your official position to dabble in politics. So... A lot of stuff going on there. I will do a call back to this um, situation later in the podcast. You're going to be mad at who I draw, um, who I compare, but just know it's coming. Anyway, on the entertainment side of things, there's a few things I feel like you guys should watch. I got to um, I got to look at an old movie. Sometimes I wake up and I look at classic movies, and I usually don't like to watch these because... If there's no black people in it, I, I usually don't like to watch it. And I ain't saying the, the whole cast got to be black, but I would like to see a black face or two in there. Don't actually happen a lot with Turner Classic Movies, but I did bump into one called, what was it called? It's called The Pickup on South Street. So if you're into old movies, it's a pretty good one. And the reason why I started watching these, it was an accident. I watched one a while back, and it just kind of caught me. And I think a big reason why, for me, I can get locked into these movies is because back then they didn't have a lot of distractions, a lot of the fluff to fill up the time in the movie. They didn't have the budgets for these ridiculous action scenes. They didn't have all these special effects. The people on the screen had to actually have talent. The movie had to actually be well written. There had to be good performances by the actors and the, and the directors and everything. So to me, this movie had a good script. The actors did a good job. Just dialogue. Dialogue, facial expressions, all that stuff. So if you get an opportunity and you're into old movies, check out The Pick Up on South Street. Has some uh, some political influence in there. And there's a pretty good story behind how they got... Um, the they, in, that, in those days, the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, was a part of vetting movies. And there's a good backstory behind that that I won't go into or give away. But if you happen to see the movie on Turner Classic Movies, give it a watch. Record it, watch it later, do whatever you got to do. But 
It's worth checking out. Also, there's a documentary on Netflix right now that I'm watching. There's a, I think there's four or five episodes. Thank, shout out to my sister-in-law for um, her telling my wife about this. But the documentary is called The Evil Genius. And I'm telling you, this, this doc is it's pretty damn good. It's very, very, very worth your time. Check it out if you're into crime, any crime documentaries like that. This documentary has bank robbery, bombs, lies, money, prostitution, a shitty police investigation, highly intellectual people. It's, it's really good. Like, for, it's, it's really, really good. They have a lot of interviews in here. When Netflix put this together or funded whoever put this together, they did a really, really good job. A real good job. So it's called Evil Genius. I don't want to say anything more about it. I don't want to give it away. But it's definitely, definitely worth your time. So give it a watch if you get a chance. Now for me to jump into this, this madness that happened in the NBA, first and foremost... The finals ended. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors. They won the NBA Finals, proving me to be completely wrong because I had them losing the first the first two games. And I think I had it Warriors and six. And I was probably counting on Warriors and four because I figured KD would be back. Well, not Warriors and four. Warriors and five because I figured KD would be back. I was 100% wrong. The Warriors continued to get more injured, and they struggled the whole series. I was hoping against hope that my pick would be right. But unfortunately for me and the Golden State Warriors, I was wrong. KD's, he came back from his injury. What they said was a calf strain. It played for a few minutes, ended up rupturing his Achilles, and he's probably out for all of next year or at least the majority of next year. In the midst of playing his ass off, Klay Thompson went up to to get a layup in. Danny Green came up to make a defensive play. Ended up blocking the ball, knocking Clay down. Clay tears his ACL. Not in Clay Thompson's credit. He walked off the court for a minute, came back, knocked down two free throws, and was telling the trainers, hey, in two minutes, I'll be good. But unfortunately, he tore his ACL. He's going to be out for a long time. I'm hoping for their sake that with the injury bug hitting him like this, next year that Steph Curry doesn't get worn down because they're one of the best stories in sports right now. So that's something that I will personally be paying attention to closely for as long as I can. I got this move to Japan going on, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the games, but whatever. Now, this is going to affect free agency because we all know that Clay wants the max. I feel like he deserves the max, but KD is in Golden State as well. And he has a player option where he can opt in or opt out. And everybody was speculating KD to go to the Knicks. So now, with this injury, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. If I'm KD, I'm opting in with Golden State. If I'm Clay, I'm resigning with Golden State. That is a franchise that's going to offer you the most amount of patience because they know what you've meant to the franchise as far as getting them the championship. So if I got to take a little less to know that I'm going to be coming back and be on a competitive team that knows how to get to the playoffs, that knows how to do runs, for them, I don't know if Boogie Cousins is going to stay. I'm going to say probably now because 
I had him going to L.A. because I didn't know whether that trade with A.D. was going to go down or not. But with that trade happening, spoiler, um, I think if I'm Boogie Cousins, I stay in Golden State and try to make it work with a full offseason being able to practice and knowing that those two guys are injured but coming back, I think I'm DeMarcus Cousins. I'm taking the pay cut to stay somewhere while I might win a ring. I'm off a torn quad and a torn Achilles. I got to stay where I'm appreciated. So if I can make it work for myself financially, I'm staying there because the rumor about Boogie Cousins is that he's a bad teammate. So if I can stay and be somewhere where I'm appreciated, then that's what I'm going to do. So in my brain, this whole team is coming back together next season. Now, I'm highly confident that Jonas Jerebko will not be there. He was a bum. He came in and was trying, he was meant to space the floor for Golden State throughout the playoffs, but after people realized he couldn't make a fucking shot in the playoffs, they never guarded him anymore. He was a wide open lots of times. He played with good energy. He was good as a cheerleader on the bench, but he didn't do much else. You got to get him out of there. If I'm Golden State, I'm trying to get somebody like a Mike Scott who can stretch the floor, somebody like that, maybe one of the Morris brothers, somebody who can come off that bench and give me valuable minutes to help me get back into this playoff hunt and try to keep us afloat until at least Clay gets back. And I would say one of the Morris twins because they got some dog in them and they can score. And you can insert one of them as a role player into the starting lineup until one of your main guys gets back. They play team basketball. If that's me, that's what I do. I'm going after somebody like them or Mike Scott or somebody who I'm not thinking about right now who can stretch the floor and who has some sort of playoff experience. That's just me. And another thing I want to touch on uh, with this KD situation and excusing what he's going to do with free agency and all that, I know the Toronto Raptors won. I congratulate the team. But I meant to say this earlier, I'm still highly disappointed at what happened with the fans when KD got hurt. That shit, um, that shit made me mad. Now, even though they were like, oh, yeah, they went back and started chanting KD, KD, all that. Okay, so what? I'm going off the first reaction. And I understand that your, your franchise is desperate for a championship because at the time they hadn't had one. But to see people cheer when this man got hurt only confirmed what I thought is that athletes are looked at as people to a lot of people. You see them in person, you see them on, on TV, you see them do interviews and everything like that. But a lot of times athletes are looked at as cattle. And when they get hurt, it's like, okay, fuck it, move on to the next. And to see people cheer when a great, great player goes down like that. And the series when they're up, like, it, I was just, I was disgusted, man. I mean, I'm being honest. You're paying to see this man play, but when he gets hurt, you cheer. I know you want your team to win and all that. I understand that. I understand it's a man's game. Cool. I don't look at this the same way I look at football. In football, it's people's job to go out there and tackle another individual. In hockey, it's people's job to go out there and knock the shit out of other people. People are supposed to get hit. I get that. I understand that 100%. I understand that basketball is physical. It can be a contact sport. But to watch somebody be cheered for after they tore that goddamn Achilles, that's insane to me. That's insane. I was highly disappointed in the fans of Toronto. You can't smooth this over to me with the people in the media saying, well, they were cheering for him in the next few seconds. Like, I don't want to hear that shit. 
I saw what I saw. I saw people cheer for him, and it's when you when you black and you watch these black athletes do their thing, and you see the demographic of the crowd a lot of the time, especially in the seats closer to the floor. You see that demographic is off. It don't match what's on the court. It makes you wonder, and it makes you think how people really value, if they really value, how they look at these athletes. I don't think they see them the same as we see them. Personal opinion, man. That's just how I feel about it. But, hey, I'm just another asshole watching sports, but that shit really bothers me. But I really I really see, uh, to get off of that point, I really see Golden State sticking together. I would hope that that's what happened because what we have now, enter as of yesterday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, the Lakers ended up trading Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-round picks to the New Orleans Pelicans for AD. Now, me personally, I look at the trade like this. It better fucking work. I'm not a LeBron fan. I don't team hop with the players. I don't do that shit. Me personally, I am loyal to the team because that's what's going to be around the longest. The goddamn team is going to be around for the long haul, so that's who I'm loyal to. There's players that move around the league and all that shit, and I love to watch them play and love to see them do great things, and I'm all about them having the freedom and the leverage to be able to move around and do what they got to do because I understand, just like the shit that happened with KD, just like the situation that happened with Kawhi, an injury could change your whole your whole career. And the players got to do moves that make sense for the players. I get that. I understand that. And I respect some of the moves that are made. Other things I don't look at as highly and I don't respect, but I understand that before they didn't have the leverage to do that as athletes, and I'm glad they got it now. Whether I like it or not, I'm glad they can still move around. But I'm a person that's loyal to the team. And me being a loyal Laker fan, I do not like to see my team scrape up their youth, their core, and send them somewhere for one player. And I've said this multiple times, even when I thought they were going to send all four of them over there. I'm glad they're keeping Kuz, but I sure as shit wish they would have kept all those guys and those draft picks, which they could have, because Anthony Davis is going to be a free agent next year. And if he didn't get traded this year, more than likely, he was going to come to L.A. as a free agent. I understand that, well, maybe he gets traded before then, I'm not risking that for my youth. I'm sorry. I could be wrong in this situation, and this could be one of the best trades in history, but I pay attention to recent history. And I'm saying if he gets traded to, if he got traded somewhere else, okay, no big deal. If he gets there, he probably ain't going to like it where he's at, and if he knows he could be a free agent the next the season after and come to L.A., that's probably what he's going to do. Even if he went to the Knicks or somewhere now, they're not going to have the players that they thought they were going to have. New Orleans holds all the chips. They had the biggest free agent of the summer since KD has been injured. It was AD. And they had the first pick in the draft. What does New York have to offer Anthony Davis? They're not getting Zion. They got a bum-ass bench. Kyrie wants to go to Brooklyn, not New York. So Kyrie wasn't going to be a Nick anyway. Who else was going to come there? Was AD going to go by himself and stay? Fuck no. Hell no. 
even if they got somebody else to come there, that's not going to overshadow him wanting to play with fucking LeBron James, especially if KD ain't going to be there. So it makes sense. Even if they trade AD somewhere, he's probably only going to stay a year, do his time, not really give his all because he's trying to get out of there, then go to L.A. and sign long-term because the reports came out saying that he planned to sign long-term in L.A. So all they really would have had to do is wait a year. That way you give this team under a new coach more time to mature. You keep all your damn draft picks, and you don't lose anybody. All the Lakers really needed was a big man. That's where AD is. Anthony Davis is a center slash power forward. So he comes in and slots right in as the big man. You didn't need to move anybody. That's my logic. On the other side, on the real life side of this, you have what I refer to as the LeBron James effect. Now, LeBron James is only getting older. He had his first royal injury coincided with him getting older. Not a coincidence. He missed games. They were fourth place in the, in the West. He missed games, and they slid. Okay. Laker logic is you go get 80 now, they want to win now. They keep saying they want to win. Let's be honest with ourselves. The Lakers know they can't win with just two guys. They got to attract another free agent. They have two max spots. The team ain't going nowhere. So even if you didn't get AD in this offseason, you still have enough money and roster space to attract another max player. So say you go out and you get a Kimba. Okay, you got Kimba. AD's not there yet. He can still come next season. That's just a, something else to attract him to come. If you got LeBron James and Kimba Walker there, you can still pull AD from where he, wherever he's at in the offseason. You don't need to go and cash in all your chips and grab him right now. But the LeBron effect says he's only getting older. He's only going to grow impatient. He's only going to bring negative attention to the locker room. You go get AD now. Because I'm of the opinion that they they had a situation where the locker room was poisoned by this his overt stance on wanting AD and AD saying he wanted to come there and them being willing to trade everybody like they just did. My opinion is he ruined the locker room. You've seen how the chip was looking on the bench in the in the towards the last pass of the season. So now you have to upend your roster to fit around LeBron James. This is where this is where to me the conflict lies because of his relationship with Kate with AD's agent who was also his agent. And that's when I get mad. So when I say things like, I love LeBron, I know what he can do for a franchise, but I don't necessarily want him playing on my team, it's because of this exact same thing. This exact reason right now is why I didn't want him on my team. Because I know what he brings. Yes, yes. Yes, 100%. He brings he brings that championship, you know what I mean? He brings that championship mentality to a team. I know that he is um an all-time great player. I get all that 100%. But this but this is what kills locker rooms. When you start making guys feel like they're fucking expendable, well, <laughs> this is kind of what happens. This is what happens, and I'm not 100% sure on 
the relationship between uh what's his name, Rich Paul and LeBron James, but I was under the impression that um LeBron James had some ownership in that. So it just it just seems it just seems weird, man. It just seems weird like the guy who has a vested interest in the sports agency who's also a client, who has another guy on a different team, who's also a client, who's represented by the same guy, Rich Paul. It seems like they conspired to gut the roster to get them all on one team. And I I understand it, it may sound all conspiracy, but I mean it happened. So I don't know what you want me to how I'm supposed to feel about this when they had the good young core. And for me, I don't like that you trade all these guys to appease one guy. You still got to build your bench. And the superstar that you currently have is aging and doesn't play fucking defense. So now you're bringing another guy, and now you got to bring guys from the league around this to play. I'm looking at it from the other view. Most people would say, hey, you get a chance to be a cog in the wheel of the machine that is LeBron James and Anthony Davis and their odds to win the ring in 2020, oh, I'm packing my shit up and I'm going. Yeah, that sounds cool on the surface, but if you pay attention to what KD said last year, it was like a lot of guys don't want to be a part of LeBron James' orbit because it's not his fault, but because he's such a great player, if things don't go right, they're going to get blamed for it. Oh, he didn't have anybody. He was surrounded by bums. They didn't do anything to help him win. If you look at the way LeBron James plays, historically, big men who were all-stars before him, they all see their roles on the team get lessened. All their fucking stats suffer playing next to LeBron James. So even if AD get when AD gets there and they go and they win the ring, guess who's going to get the lion's share of the, of the praise? LeBron James. Guess who's going to get the lion's share of the blame if they lose? Anthony fucking Davis and the rest of the supporting cast. And that's coming from a player who plays the game, watches the game, and knows these guys. He knows how the media acts. He knows that even LeBron James saying something small is going to get blown up in the media. He knows what the body language of the biggest star in the game, he knows what that body language after a loss does to the media, how they report it, and how they don't look at well, LeBron James wasn't playing defense there. LeBron James was on the other side of the court bitching about a call he didn't get. They're not reporting on that. They're just saying that, that the other guys aren't doing their job. Well, that's because there's only a few stars that fit well next to LeBron James. You need a big man that can screen and get the switch and go get rebounds, and you need shooters. That's what you need around LeBron James. You need a... a a secondary scorer, obviously, that's, that's willing to play the, the Robin role and the Batman and Robin tandem. And you need a big man that gets boards, can run to the rim, and some shooters. That's basically what you need for LeBron James' team to work. People to stand on the corners and somebody to force the switch so he can either drive or pass the ball. That's it. So unless... This man has got to the point where he realizes that he's aging and he wants to turn the team over to AD, which should be the plan, which could have been the plan a year from now. They're accelerating it and having to rebuild a bench. So that means all those guys they got in last season for one-year deals are probably gone. So that means Lance Stevenson's probably gone. 
Rajon Rondo is probably gone. JaVale McGee may still stay there. And there's somebody, people I forgot that are probably going to be gone. So right now, you have Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James. You will have Anthony Davis. Um, and two or three young guys. You got Mo Wagner. I don't even know if they still have Reggie Bullock, who they traded, who's a bum from Detroit. They played, they traded a rookie for. And the rookie can score. He's a shooter. He's the type of guy LeBron, I would have thought, would have kept on his team. But uh, Mikhailu, they traded Mikhailu for Reggie Bullock. He's probably going to be out of there soon, too, if he's not gone already. So they effectively have like six people on their roster. And now they got to fill it in with people who have to be willing to be used as a pawn in the event something goes wrong. I'm just saying, maybe I'm passionate about it because it's my secondary team. Don't forget, Chicago Bulls always come first. But this, this makes me mad. It, it makes me angry. And the thing is about the whole situation, I want to be wrong because my feelings aside, I want the Lakers to win. Like, I really don't care how it gets done. I want them to win. I recognize that when the ownership and the, and the team management say they want them to win, they want people in the seats. They want TV deals. They want to license the logo. Yes, they want rings, but the rings, to me, come secondary to the amount of publicity they're going to get and the amount of tickets they're going to sell and the amount of TV time they're going to get. Because that's what, that's what the real victory is. Once that team becomes a champion, they get more TV time. They get more, more merch sold, all that shit. That's the real prize is the notoriety. The players are out there seeking validation. They can afford to go get a big-ass ring. You see they have cars, jewelry, all that shit. They can afford to get a trophy made. The players are out there seeking validation. The players want to win for legacy purposes, which I completely understand. That's their job. Players, coaches, legacy. They want legacy. General managers and all that other shit, their job is to push the franchise forward. And winning championships puts more money in the pockets of the owner, and if the owner's happy, everybody else in the building is fucking happy. But I, I just, I really hope this works out because I definitely would have would have waited a year, especially if a guy, if people are going to trade the farm or do whatever they got to do to get one guy left with a year left on his contract. Because if he get in, like I said before, like a guy willing, I hope he stays healthy. I don't want any player to get hurt, no matter how I feel about the team they're on or the decisions they make. I don't want to see any man lose the ability to pay his rent and or take care of his family. But if for some reason Anthony Davis gets hurt, it's going to put this franchise in a spot. It really is. If he can't go, if he can't play, if he gets there and he and him and management don't, they don't vibe, if the coach vibe is off, and at any minute he decides he's out, they're fucked. And it can happen. 100% it can happen. Because at the time, if you go back and look at it, the best big man in the game, who was a free agent, was Dwight Howard, who came to play with the best player in the world at that point, or second best at that point, Kobe Bryant. He came to play with the Lakers, and their goal was to win championships. He got there. He was too soft for what Kobe had going on. That situation didn't work out. A year later, he's gone. Just like that. Get the best big man in the league to come there. A year later, shit don't work out because you have superstar personalities, and it's over with. They had the wrong coach, the wrong leadership in the front office, and the shit fell apart. That's it. And just like that, he became one of the most hated Lakers of all time. 
But people are on, on Twitter saying that, oh, well, it won't be the same situation as Dwight Howard. He's nothing. Anthony Davis is a Hall of Famer. Well, <laughs> excuse me, but if you talk about a multiple-time multiple defensive player of the year, multiple-time leader in blocks, multiple-time league leader in rebounds, multiple-time all-star, multiple-time all-NBA, multiple-time first defensive team, NBA first defensive team, if you're talking about that, that's Dwight Howard. He's going to the Hall of Fame unless something with the league is really messed up. Anthony Davis is on his way. But Anthony Davis hasn't led anybody to the finals. And Anthony Davis has been multiple times, as many times defensive player of the year. If anything, I don't think he's ever been defensive player of the year like Dwight Howard. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, they are not the same guy right now, but in his prime, Anthony Davis, I mean, uh, Dwight Howard was doing things Anthony Davis hadn't done. And what, what, what blows my mind is why, why would you come to the West? Now, I understand the allure of playing with LeBron. I, I get L.A. and everything like that, but if you really, 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 really want to ring, other than the circumstances right now with, with Golden State being hurt for like a year, I'm not saying write them off for a year, but for a year, it don't look good for them getting back to the finals unless something miraculous happens and everybody gets healthy and they add the right free agents to keep the team intact. There's a lot of variables going on there. If I'm Houston, I'm not blowing up that team so quick right now with Golden State being hurt this bad like they were thinking. If I'm San Antonio, I'm retooling. If I'm Denver, Utah, especially teams like Portland, I'm retooling in the West to make sure that I got you cracking because you got a real shot. Now, people don't realize, even with adding AD to the Lakers, those are a lot of good teams that have been together for a while that they think they're just going to come in there and dominate. LeBron James ain't the same LeBron James. Whatever you do with AD, they got to come in and do a, and do a complete overhaul, brand new system. The Lakers still got to get a point guard and a bench. So don't think they're just going to come over there and they're going to win because Denver is a, is a well-oiled machine. Portland is a good team. The Spurs have another year together. They are a good team. And they, they were minus a guy who had an ACL tear, a, a solid rookie that can score. Houston is a good team with players that they can't – they got contracts they can't even give away. So right now, instead of getting Chris Paul out of there, you better, you better fucking keep him. You better goddamn keep him because this is Houston's – Real shot. So if I'm AD, I'm looking at the West like, yeah, they say it's wide open. But in the East, you got Toronto, you got Milwaukee. We'll see what Indianapolis does, well, Indiana, rather, with uh, Victor Oladipo coming back. But if I'm AD, I'm looking at Miami real hard. Because I know Jimmy Butler's looking at Miami. He's leaving Philly, who already has a squad. But if you look at Miami, and I'm going to be fair, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I don't know what uh, Hassan Whiteside's contract is, but Hassan Whiteside would clear up space so that AD could be in and out of the paint versus having to be in the paint and act as a rim protector. Hassan, White, Hassan Whiteside got that locked down. You got a young group of guys there. You got a shooter. 
If Jimmy goes on there, you got another score. You got no state income tax. I'm looking at Miami real hard. I mean, it's a destination city. Your money's going to go a lot further down there. I'm looking at Miami. Got a legendary front office and Pat and uh and Pat Riley. You got a coach who knows what it's like to be in um in the finals and Eric Spolstra. You got good perimeter defenders. To me, Miami looks promising. Real promising. They made it to the playoffs with a young team and an older D Wade. So or they made it to the I think they actually made it in the playoffs. Anyway, they did okay last season. Even though they didn't get far, didn't make it, I can't remember. Miami is a spot that I'm looking to go to, 100%. I don't know why more people aren't going there. And I'm also, I want to know, man, in reference to the Chicago Bulls, why is everybody ducking the smoke? My answer is the ghost of MJ, the ghost of Scottie Pippen. People are scared. People are really scared to go be in that arena and try to fill them shoes. That's my personal opinion of it. Aside from guys who've been drafted there, a lot of free agents have ducked that spot. There was a time when Carmelo Anthony could have went there. He stayed in New York. We saw how that went. And Carmelo Anthony could have went there with Joakim Noah, D. Rose before he got hurt, a young Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson. I mean, the Bulls had a squad. They had a legit squad. They could have challenged Miami and got them the fuck out of there. And this is before Golden State had built up to be what they were, to be that juggernaut in the West. The West was kind of, the West was kind of shaky. Like you had the Mavericks, but I believe that in the playoff series, the Bulls could have beat either the Thunder or the Dallas Mavericks in the in the finals, 100%. With the addition of Carmelo Anthony, 100%. They could have beat anybody in the fucking playoffs that year. But here we go. LeBron could have went there as a free agent. He ducked the smoke as well. And they virtually had the same team. So I'm just I'm just wondering why everybody's ducking the smoke. If you say, hey, ownership and the way they do shit, that's the only answer I'm willing to accept because my thing is 23-33. That's why everybody's scared. But at some point, somebody's going to stop being scared of, and stop ducking their smoke and go bring some rings back to the good city of Chicago. And I just I just look at the NBA and the landscape and everything that's going on, and I know right now if I'm OKC, you got to be sick seeing Serge Ibaka win a ring. Because if you if you really look at that team a few years ago and look at how that team is managing, I don't know who the GM of that team is. I don't know if he's been fired since all these guys have left the team and gone on to do great things. But if you just look at the roster they had, they had an MVP scoring champion Two times finals MVP in Kevin Durant. They have a league MP, MVP in Russell Westbrook. They have a league MVP in James Harden. And they have a defensive player of the year in Serge Ibaka. All these guys were on the team at the same damn time. All these guys I believe they got in the draft. So just imagine if they kept that team together right now. KD, Harden, Westbrook, Ibaka. I don't give a damn who the center is. That's plug and play. 
You plug any center into that, hey, go get rebounds, set screens. They are going to the show multiple times. But here they are now with Westbrook playing erratic basketball. Even though I love I love Westbrook, I got to call a spade a spade. He's getting triple doubles and shit, but it's not a mountain to play all victories. I love PG. I love the way he plays the game, but he's not getting these guys where they need to go. They're not getting out the first round. If you look at what Indiana's been able to do with Victor Oladipo and those guys, they look promising in the first round. They just happened to run into LeBron James last year. And I'm thinking Indiana needs to get Lance Stevenson back because they, they let him go, signed Tariq Evans, and now Tariq Evans has been banned from the league. <laughs> so so you just, just look at that. I don't know, guys. I had a lot of NBA stuff on my mind given this past week. A lot of things happened. I talked myself in circles, but just pay attention to the landscape of the league and see who goes where because this free agency shit is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Kyrie not signing. Kyrie's supposed to opt out in Boston. He wants to go to Brooklyn. Jimmy Butler, he could end up being a, a New York Knicks, a Brooklyn Net, member of the Miami Heat. He for damn sure I know probably is not going to go back to Chicago. It'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see where he goes. And I think Kimba, he may be open to staying in Charlotte. I'm really, really interested to see what New Orleans does with this, this young group of guys they got. Because not only did they get three players from the Lakers, they also got the Lakers' fourth number four pick in the draft this year, in addition to them having the number one pick, which is probably going to be Zion. Which, with this talent they have there now, they will be foolish not to pick that man with the talent they got now. I'm just saying, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be really, really interesting with um, the players they got. I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to the NBA as as much as I can, as much as I as much as I can. Um, let me see. Another thing I want to give you guys is a couple jewels I thought about over the weekend while I was um I was talking to somebody about whatever situation. It's like, listen, I'm on social media. I have disagreements with people. I have disagreements with people in real life, in both of these arenas. I come across people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I come across people that think they know more than they do. And I'm not saying I'm a genius by any means. I tell people all the time, I'm smart enough to know I'm not very smart. So I ask a lot of questions in order to gain a further understanding. Or I do a little bit of research to I get to the point that I'm satisfied with whatever subject that is. And at that point, then I like to talk about it. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. One thing that I'm trying to improve on is my self-awareness. In that journey, I've come across people who don't seem to have any self-awareness whatsoever. And as somebody who's, who's getting older, who's getting more mature, my patience is growing. Shout out to the Yankees beating the White Sox 10-3. But, um... As I was saying, I find my patience is growing. And as I see these, I come in, in contact with these individuals, whether it be work or social media, or whatever, just in life. I watch and I'm like, do you not realize what you're saying? And I've seen people get into discussions with these people and let these people wind them up 
and drives them crazy because obviously they know this individual has no clue what the fuck's going on. None at all. But they let them wind them up and they get arguments with these people. And my thing is this. I do a podcast called No Playing This Ride. Right? If you know the origin of that, that means, hey man, when you in my vehicle <laughs> and you want to throw on some bullshit music, that gets, shit gets no play. It's out of here. Nah. Treat your life the same way. Treat your life the same way. If somebody does not have the intellectual gas money to keep up with you, get them out your car. Don't let them ride with you, man. If that if that makes sense. You don't need to have everybody in the carpool lane with you. If you dig what I'm saying. If you understand where I'm coming from, some people were meant to Uber. Some of us were meant to drive. Everybody ain't got it. So unless you can take that passenger and help them develop to the point where they need to be in the carpool lane with you and they can provide you the proper amount of gas money, no plan your ride, baby. If they don't have the intellectual gas money to keep up with you, <laughs> hey, man, leave them where they need to be. Maybe you come back and give them a ride later, but right now, nah, coach. Let them catch up. Then they can roll with you. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and shut this down. Hopefully you understood what I was saying. Like I always say, man, change the world, fam. Change the world. Start with yourself. Change the world. Self-improvement, man. Do what you got to do. DIY. Do it yourself if you can't get no help. There's nothing like being independent, man. As myself, one of the underground podcast kings, as I'm calling myself if ti can be the king of the south i can call myself the underground podcast king damn it because i believe in what i'm doing and i'm doing it by my damn self and i'm trying to do it to enrich myself and the people that listen so y'all be real be trill be trill peace